As a third-round pick in 1993, Terry Kirby wasted no time making an impact on the Miami Dolphins' offense, setting rookie records with 75 receptions and 874 yards. TK would add another 66 receptions two years later and had become one of Dan Marino's favorite targets. But when Jimmy Johnson replaced Don Shula in 1996, it all came to a screeching halt. Right then, I kind of understood and I had the rumor that um, I was going to be traded. And I remember coming back. And I went right up to his office, you know, I went up to his office and said, hey, coach, you know, um, I know that you, you know, looking to trade me and stuff. And, you know, if you are, just go ahead and just let me know now because I don't want to go out to practice and get hurt. And next thing you know, my, my worth is nothing. So that was one of the things I was sitting there like, man, after playing three years here and this was, you know, this, is, this was my home, you know what I mean? This is where, you know, I wanted to end my career. And to have it go down the way it went down with that, um, you know, it was devastating. I'm O.J. McDuffie, the Miami Dolphins' first-round selection in that same 1993 draft class. And I'm Seth Levitt, a former member of the team's media relations department. And in this episode of The Fish Tank, the running back out of Virginia opens up about the impact that trade had on him, reflects on his brief but extremely productive years as a Dolphin, and shares his new passion for cornhole. <laughs> Yo, DJ Priest. Let's do this. You're now diving into The Fish Tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk. Welcome back to the Fish tank. tank, right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, okay, so Seth Levitt, DJ Preach is in the back, Juice, we're back in the Wingfield living room. Man, oh man, good to be back, bro, as usual, always good to be back, man, a lovely setup right here, I see yeah. rocking that nice little... Throwback I had to go old school. Yeah. yeah. Go, well, not, I don't want to say old, but old school. <laughs> we're, we're running it back again. Terry Kirby dives back into the tank for the second time. TK, how you feeling, man? Appreciate you, man. Man, you guys are moving on up in here. Man. I like the, <laughs> like the Jefferson. Which one is Wheezy and which one is George? I'm George. <laughs> he was quick that was to quick. that. I'll be whoever. As long as I got a that seat. Quick. As long as I got a seat in the tower. So, yeah, it's been great. They've uh, they've been really kind to us yeah. and, and tolerated us here now going on three years. Yeah. Nice. Incredible. Awesome. But you were one of the original guests in the fish tank when we were, were we still at Juice's? We were in the, uh, on the, pool, in table? the pool table. Yeah. We were on the pool yeah, table. Original. Pool OG. table slash weight time. room. Yeah. Slash everything. All it. the jerseys, you name it. I love utility it. Room. The right. Utility room. The utility room. I like that. It's empty yeah. room right now, but it's all good. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. And we're going to get into a lot, although it was a little bit of a challenge to say what are we going to talk about because we talked about so much. Although I re-listened to it, Juice, and at the end of it, he goes, I got a lot more. Yeah. I got oh, yeah. a lot more. But what I want to start off with is about two, three weeks after you came on, one of your college teammates dove in the tank, Mr. Mark Dixon. Yes, sir. And <laughs> he had a few things to say about your hoop game. And you were a little heated because I was like, well, wait a second. How come he got to say this? When am I coming back in? Now, it took us four <laughs> damn years. It took us four years. You know, so well, let's, let's revisit. So Mark Dixon said that TK liked to pull the trigger. And, hell, if I had played – if I had played high school ball with TK, I would have led the nation in rebounds. <laughs> That's probably hell? true, though. Yeah. <laughs> because actually what happened was my cousin Chris Slade did. Uh, okay. So what so it, it, was, it was fine. He had what, over almost, I don't know, 1,500 rebounds. Yeah. Something like that. Gotcha. So it was about the same. Well, how many of those were? Was that but, that over, but the thing is, remember, I had over 2,000 points, and 
in high school. Uh huh. Okay. You know, so I mean, I did shoot, but hey, if you don't shoot, you don't score. If true. you don't score, you don't win. It's true. Fair enough. It's true. And you I, shot. I shot. And you scored. Oh yeah, I had the Kobe mentality before Kobe had it. Okay. <laughs> so you should. I mean, you know, you've been to the ball up to the house. I mean, oh, oh yeah. TK, he was no shot. Was he? He was not shy. Well, That's it was sure. a business decision because if you ran with TK, you were probably going to get to run a few times in a row. True. You're going to win some games. True. You just had to play good defense and, and distribute because you hey, weren't going to get a lot of shots. Y'all like going up, man. Y'all like really something. Y'all like I didn't see. I mean, we welcome you into our living room oh, here, man, and now we're coming at like, you hard. Man, you're coming at me that hard. I mean. Honestly, TK, if you, you think about my shoot. winning percentage at Juice's house, pretty damn good. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, it ain't like I took bad shots. No, no, no. There no. is no such thing as a bad my, shot. My, <laughs> my point is, is that you're gonna win. Absolutely. You're gonna get a lot of run. You just probably, if you're a guy that likes to shoot the ball as well, you might need to make a different choice. That's not true. I shared. Okay. Yeah, I did share. Juice, I was on. Yeah, we shared. Good team, man. So maybe it's just me. Good, Depends on who was on the team. <laughs> I mean, you know, right? yeah. Seth, you played good defense. I knew that's what you were there for. I didn't play no damn defense. I <laughs> you, would hustle. I mean, though. you, you hu- that's a hustle. That's yeah. a defense. And I was willing to pass. That's, that's one one Always pass. Bro. He passed too much. Oh, yeah. He passed. That's yeah. your it's fault for passing ball, up Seth. a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot yeah. it. Yeah. But we had to say, Seth, shoot it. True. They'd leave you open. Shoot it, Seth. Yeah. Every now and then. <laughs> Every now and then. Yeah. But like we you know, like we stated before, though, TK, you know, you and I were in the same draft class, which is awesome. Why was he running back? Um, you know, we were roommates. You know, definitely, <laughs> we definitely kicked it a little bit down here too, didn't we? A little bit, just a little bit. He's like, just he's a little bit. Nervous. He's like, where are you going? Like, with where are you going with this one? I'm just trying to figure this one out. Man. Yeah, I am in your living room, but man, come yeah. on now. <laughs> but Seth and I were trying to figure out, you know, what can we talk about that we hadn't talked about before, like you said. But we had JT in the tank, and he uh, had a story about Michael Jordan. Hmm. We had a story about Michael Jordan and when he came over to camp. But I said, wait a minute, I got a, I remember a story about TK when he was with us, him and Eric Green. Every time the Bulls were in town, TK and Eric used to go down and somehow, somehow found their way on the same, on the, on the same car table as Michael Jordan. Ooh. Tell us about your, 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 when the Bulls came to town and, and when oh, Mike, man. Mike, that's brave. Yeah, let me tell you. Over. That was, uh, that yeah, was, that was, an interesting night, I guess you would say. Every time they came in town, you know, Jordan would call. We'd go down to his room. Back then, they were staying at the Mayfair. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd have a nice little card game going on. And it's kind of hard to play cards and bluff Michael Jordan. So we're sitting there, and we're playing and playing and playing. And I, I feel like I got this great hand, great hand. And I'm betting and I'm betting and betting. And he, Jordan looks at me. He goes, look. Telling you, don't do it. <laughs> he let you know. And I'm like, man, is he bluffing me now or is he not bluffing me? I'm like, do I take a chance? Do I not take a chance? You know, you sitting there, you shaking. You're like, man, I don't, I don't you know what? I'm going to try it. Oh, big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. He had it. He tried to warn. He goes, Rook, I try, I tried to tell you. So it's, you know, it's very interesting thing about Jordan is, you know, when you play cards with the guy, it's hard to bluff a guy that has that amount of money. Right. He's not right. worried about right. losing. He's not right. worried about losing. And he's going to keep playing and playing and playing until he wins. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, me, won't let I you lose, leave. I'm out. You know what I mean? He won't let you leave. He won't let you leave. He won't let you leave. That's one thing about it. He's just competitive, you know, and that's one of the best things about Mike. He's such a great person that, um, you know, even after that, you know, we'd hang out the night before a game. I mean, he's probably the only guy I know that can stay out until 3, 4 o'clock, get up, golf, and then play a game that night and drop 50 points. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and that's one thing about him, his just mentality and how, you know, how competitive the guy is at everything. How'd you get, how'd you get invited to the car game? In that's the first what place? I want to know. Um, I've known Mike for a while, you know, just from, you know, with my brother playing in major league baseball and then with Eric green and then, um, his buddy Wes, who, um, oh, yeah. fresh actually West. was a good ah, fresh, fresh West. West. Somehow I knew yeah. it would and come then back. It to goes fresh back West. to Adolf, who was Jordan's guy back in the day too. So it's a full circle. So it was like when he came down here, you know, he either wanted to play golf, you know, go out, smoke cigars, you know, drink a little light beer here, there. And that was just what we did, you know, that's one thing that and take you your know, money. We miss. Yeah. Take your money. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one thing that we do, you know, about athletes back in our time, no matter what sports you played, if you're a professional guy and you're a cool guy, you were always in the mix of every single sport. And, you know, I'm not sure how the young guys are with that now, but with us back in the day, that was, that was a highlight of our life. You know what I mean? Because we were young, you know, 22 and all of a sudden, you know, you know, even when I went to Jordan's 40th birthday party in D.C. when he was playing with the Wizards, you know, I got invited to that. And I'm sitting there like, wow, you know, I'm sitting here with Michael Jordan's 40th birth party, birthday party that he just came back and started playing again. Right. You know, when you're in that circle and you're good friends and you're, you know, you're a good person, that's, you know, that's how you keep everything going. Nice. I just think that, like, if I'm going to go play cards somewhere and, and put money on the table... I don't want to play against a guy. I'm wearing his shoes. Like, if, I, if you walk in and you're wearing a man's shoes, he might just have some deep pockets. Absolutely. Or yeah. he may send you a pair if you lose. Right. Okay. Well, I hope he at least did that. Now, did he, when you chose uh, Virginia, and we don't have to relive all that, we heard all about the recruiting trips, was North Carolina ever in the conversation? Because, you know, you were an All-American basketball player as well. Uh, it, did you it, get that call? Yeah, it was. I mean, I had the opportunity to do that, but I knew it was going to be – that was a, such a – higher level basketball, right. you know what I mean? Not Virginia wasn't, it's just it was going to be very hard for me to break the ground there. And then actually behind me from my hometown was the other one, uh, Ronald Curry, mm. who was number one basketball player and number one football player in the country right behind me who actually went there right. and actually played both there. So, um, yeah, it was an opportunity for me to play there, but I didn't want to play, I didn't want to go there and play football and basketball. Got it, got it. So, I'm going to shift gears. We will talk a little bit of Dolphins. Might as well make sense, right? I, I want to uh, not go all the way back, but actually just to last year. And after the games, well, as the games would wind down, because we did post-game, we would, uh, Travis and I would jump out of the press box and we'd kind of walk around the concourse there and head over to, to meet Juice at the, um, uh, the Larry Zonka, Larry Zonka conference, conference room. room yeah. And we would do the post-game show. And it was during that win streak, and Waddle just started taking off. This is when he was getting 10, 12 catches a game. And I bump into you, and, you know, the, and, the, and they were balling, you know, and, and, and he's dealing the whole thing. And, and you were like, yeah. I was like, hey, TK, what do you think about the kid? And he was like, yeah, he can play, but he's breaking all my damn records. <laughs> you know, all your rookie reception all records. Rookie so what is that like as a guy who still stays as involved with the organization as you do to, to see the young guys come in and contribute and start to, I mean, in some way, shape, or form, not erase your name from the record books, <laughs> but to, to leapfrog. What, is that, what does that feel like? I think it's a great feeling, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, over the offseason, Waddle would come into my gym and work out at Ultimate Sports, and, uh, and he walked in, and he had met me before, but he didn't really meet me in my atmosphere, and he came over. I go, man, I can't even... Can't believe you got me. <laughs> I said, you, you you got me. I said, that that hurts. Yeah. I said, you wait until late in the season, too. I mean, you know, it's like you still have more games to go, but but I still let him know he's a receiver, not a running back. There True. you go. Fact. I do let him know. Right, right, <laughs> right. 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 How, how did he take it? What did he say? He just started laughing about it. He understood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, that's the one 
Good thing that I can say about that for me, uh, being a running back and actually having that many catches and doing what I did out of the backfield and getting open, you know, that was – I can't take anything away from that. No. I mean, it's a big difference. Well, yeah, and so – and I want to ask you about that, Terry. Is that like – how does a guy – first of all, a rookie, just to get that involved in the offense, but as a rookie and coming out of the backfield, how did you find yourself becoming such an integral part of the offense that year in 93? Well – I can tell you why. If you think about it, we had O.J., Keith Jackson, Irvin Fryer, Mark Ingram. Yeah, so like now, that's a whole lot of cats to throw. So the best part about that is all those guys are going to get double teamed, and I was always going to be one-on-one. So that was one of the best things about our offense. I mean, we had so many weapons, and they're not going to double team a back. It's just not going to happen. When you got juice in the slot, come on, you know, you're going to double team that. You got Irving on the outside, and then K-Jack, of course, in, at the tight end. Either he was going to get open or I was going to get open because the slot receiver is going to be the ones that are going to get double teamed most mm. of the time. So that was uh, one of the best things about our offense because we actually were so interchangeable. You know, our entire running backs with Keith Byers and myself and the receivers, we all knew everybody's position. So you it was made us so – that's what made us so effective and so great at what we did at that time. So we line up right and run 86. He can run it from the backfield, which is halfback option, or he can run in the slot, slot option, same thing. So, so we actually had it where it was nice, where you can go and base set with uh, 21 personnel, and then we could spread that all out. Where Keith's in one slot, TK's in another one, or TK's in the backfield, and Keith Jackson's outside in the slot. We go almost like four wides. But one thing Terry didn't say about, you know, why he was in there too is Terry – Knew the offense like you talked about, but his pass pro was really good, you know, because Danny didn't have it. If you can't, right, you can't <laughs> right. block, you know. You, but that you was '93. No you didn't yeah. have Danny the whole year, right? Well, that was, that was, that was I mean, that's, beginning of it. He yeah. got I, mean, I guess yeah. just to get in there yeah. at that point sure, to get started. And Terry was playing right from the beginning, right? So it was like it had yeah, to be got, a get off. Yeah, to get that many receptions, right? Yeah. Was there a point in time where you were like, at first, you're like, holy shit, like I'm involved and I'm just and and it was kind of all new and fresh and. Like, did it click at some point where it wasn't new and fresh anymore and it just was your job and, and you didn't have that mentality? Or the entire season, was it just kind of magic? It was just – it was awesome. I mean, the one thing about it was it's, it's one of those things where you're in the groove, you're in the groove. When you're, when you're playing this game and you get to third and four, third and three, you know, third and five, it ain't like you got to go deep. You right. know, it's about getting open. So we didn't have to throw the ball to get that first down and keep the chains moving. You know, keeping the chains moving. If I couldn't get five yards and get open, yeah. you know what, there's a problem. If Juice wasn't going to get open on a slant or a hitch to get three or four, five yards, you know what, we weren't going to move the chains. So that's what made it great about our offense. You know, we didn't have to always throw the ball down the field that far. Yeah, but you had didn't you have a game where you had like 130-something yards receiving? I mean, that's, you, well, that's that a was, lot of five-yard catches. There might well, be some that are – couple big Remember, boys. there were a couple yeah. big ones big in there. You know, that was a choice route where, you know, ended up being too deep and K-Jack was covered on the other side and I had to center. Yeah. And I just take the I middle. I love how you guys just remember that. <laughs> I love it. Take that middle. Oh, that's the one thing we all – you know, the funny thing about that, uh, the other thing is K-Jack would steal my balls. I probably would have caught more than that. <laughs> Walk me through that. Because what happens is he comes out and he looks up and he's like, oh, man, look at that middle. Yeah. 
and K-Jack would <laughs> take it where he went. He'll throw his hands up in a heartbeat. So he's going. And he's going. No, even though that's not, he's got the choice. He, no, so that's he's not, not the choice. choice. Ah, but he's I taking got, it. And he's taking it. You just got to give it to him. Ain't nothing I can do. Right, right, bro. <laughs> he's in front of me. Exactly so right. No choice. In the right. backfield. I, mean, I got five yards. He's just going to gonna get there quicker. <laughs> this right here. Right, he's got the head start. Oh, hilarious. hilarious. But that's, that's the continuity of our offense. You know, Danny had his, him and OJ had their little, little, little signals here and there. If he looks at you. You know, you just know that quarterback and that that uh, relationship that you have, and all you do is look at him, and he knows exactly what you're thinking, yeah. Yeah. and then that's what made us really, really good. Yeah, that that silent communication was unbelievable. Absolutely. And then you know, we we also like we talked about, we we drilled it, we watched it on film. TK at an early age is over on the club med field, I call it, man, where they was over <laughs> there just chilling, you know, running routes. You know what that I mean? Where I was over there running scout team. TK was on the other field. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they man. figured it out I like very quickly. Like, oh, we have something here. I love scout team, Juice. You know that. <laughs> I ran scout team receiver. I didn't run scout that's team right. running back. Right. I ran scout. I, you know what? I think that's another thing that really helped me out route running and just being open. I would go and run scout team receiver. And I'd go against T-Buck and all them guys back in the day. And, you know, they used to take it for granted that I was coming out there, but I enjoyed doing that because it just made me a better, better player. Yeah. And he read the cards well. You got to make sure the cards. Oh, are yeah. Well, you know, you got to read the cards. cards. <laughs> hey, if you can't read the card, you can't play. <laughs> but the best part about that is if you do score on them, Oh man, yeah, that's bragging rights. Scout yeah. team. Oh, oh hell yeah. 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 If you score they on, hated a, on that. a starting defense, they hated oh, that. as a scout, running back, playing receiver, oh, yeah. What was T Buck saying? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. That was like it. he was gonna make a tackle. Right. Like, gotcha. Oh, yeah, right. That's what he did. Yeah. Run yeah. past. Like two hand touch or something. That's yeah. it. Gotcha. <laughs> we gotta look at his tackling oh, numbers. They're not that big. Yeah. No, no, he's not that big. Yeah, right, right. Coach, you, Coach Buck. Yeah. Buck. Oh yeah. But you did say it, T. Seventy-five catches in that, that rookie year, man. That's outstanding, especially coming out of the backfield. Another 66 the next year. Yeah, no, you know, 66 and 95. And 95. Yeah. yeah, but then yeah. after that, the year after that, then Coach Shula's going and Jimmy comes in. Mm. Right? You remember that part? Oh, do I ever. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, man. Jimmy had everybody on edge. He did. He, he had, had everybody every... on edge. Because we just didn't know what to expect. And I right. think that was one of those things that um, – because we were coming off such a great year, too. I mean, we were coming off, you know, playoffs, and we were coming in, and we're like, man, you know what? What's going to happen? And I knew I wasn't Jimmy's type of running back. Why? I was 6'2", you know, 220. Jimmy likes a shorter back, you know, and just the offense that we were going to run was going to be a lot of zone stuff. And I just felt like um, it was going to be different for me. You know, Jimmy's not a passing coach like that. And we weren't sure what was going to happen with Danny. Because, you know, the rumors were as soon as Jimmy came in, He's getting rid of Danny. You know what I mean? That was the whole rumor. He was trying to do a whole nother, you know, Herschel Walker trade and all that stuff. And I think that was uh, in the back of my head also. And then, you know, kind of hurt me pretty bad. I can remember when he came in and we go to training camp and we're in training camp. And, you know, I'm not – when I'm practicing, I just shut my mouth, do my game, and I just, just play the game and I do everything I'm supposed to be told. And I can remember him coming over, coming, talking to me. And, you know, and after the first game, I think we played in Chicago. And I'll first never – First preseason First preseason game. Yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And he pounded the shit out of me that game. I mean, I think out of the first 10, 12 plays, I think I got 10 of them. Mm. 
And I was like, you know what? Right then, I kind of understood, and I had rumored that um, I was going to be traded. That's when you knew it, huh? That's when I knew it. Yeah. And I remember coming back, and I went right up to his office. You know, I went up to his office and said, hey, coach, you know, um, I know that you, you know, looking to trade me and stuff. And, you know, if you are, just go ahead and just let me know now because I don't want to go out to practice and get hurt. And next day, you know, my, my worth is nothing. I said, if, you, if you're doing it, just go ahead and do it or I'm not going to practice. Mm. And what did he say? And he just – he didn't say nothing. I mean, he had to respect that. I mean, right. I was very respectful well, like about that. He didn't that. deny it or no. No, no he didn't can... deny it or nothing. Didn't deny it at all. So that was one of the things I was sitting there like, man, you know, after playing three years here and this was, you know, this is this was my home. You know what I mean? This is where, you know, I wanted to end my career. And to have it go down the way it went down with that, um, you know, it was devastating. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, you think about it, you you were here for three years, big part of the offense, but then they – ship you all the way across the country. Wasn't like you just went up to yeah. Tampa or, you know, or Jacksonville or whatever. They, you went all the way out west. And in a way, it was great because, you know, I was like, man, this is West Coast offense. I said, what more could I ask for, you know, coming off of watching Roger Craig and those guys out there being able to catch the ball. And actually, I was replacing Ricky because Ricky had went to um, – Ricky to Waters. Philly. Yeah, Ricky Waters. You say Ricky around here. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ricky Waters had went to uh, Philly at that time. And I was like, you know what, it's a great opportunity, but – Unfortunately, when I got there, the first game that I played in, which was the last preseason game, ended up getting a high ankle sprain. So that set me back learning an entire new offense. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that. You said you had Listen, you learned it in a week. You I had the to learn it in a week. In a week. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what I had to do was take, you know, the Dolphins playbook and Raider, and the um, 49ers playbook and kind of mesh them together with terminology just so I could know what I was doing, you know, because yeah. it's a completely different blocking scheme. So I, I want to tap back into what you were saying before getting to San Francisco. And you said you were devastated. And we see, look, this happens when there are coaching changes. There are changes that, right, there's a trickle-down effect. And players get changed, and some guys are better for this system. But a lot of times it's the veteran guys. A lot of times it's the guy that's been there six or seven years, and the coach doesn't want someone who either, A, it's a bad fit, or, B, they want their guys, and this person's too ingrained. And Brian Cox is an example, right? We had B. Cox on here, Marco Coleman. They all talked about how that wasn't a fit and if they, you know, they all wanted to leave together and the whole thing. And I, I think Brian told us that, right? Mm-hmm. He told Jimmy that if yep. you get rid of me, you might as well say Troy goodbye well. to Troy right. and say goodbye to Marco. You only played three seasons. Like you were a young, productive player. And so I just, I, I wonder about that and the psyche. And, and as you said, you were, you were really ingrained in this community. Hell, you're still here yeah. Like yeah. all these years later. So, you know, what is going through your mind at that point? Are you, well, you went up to him, so you knew it was coming. It wasn't right. a surprise. But are you, are you questioning your own abilities or are you of just course. frustrated that you have to leave? You, you question your ability because you're like, you know, you, like you said, I was ingrained here. I had a good season. I didn't do anything wrong. I've never done anything wrong. And to sit there and say, you know, we don't want you anymore, right. you know, for a player, it's pretty devastating. You it had know, to be the first time in your oh, career, like because you've always been the guy. Yeah, and I mean, I came in, and you know, it wasn't like I was a hard worker. But, I mean, it wasn't a hard worker. I mean, I come in and I work. You know, I mean, that's you that's who with I am. Oliver, you know, boys, man, they, they so I mean, man. So for me, that's just more devastating than anything else. You put your heart and soul into something, yeah. and all of a sudden, someone can come and you know take that away from you. Yeah. And not even that though, like you said, going all the way out to California. And you're sitting there like, wow, man, I can't even believe I'm. And you know what? It's the next day. You know, you're like, oh, you traded. You know, you got to pack a bag and go. And you don't know 
anybody on that team until you get there. You know, you it's not like I looked at the roster or anything like that. You get there and you're up in a hotel and all of a sudden you go over to practice and you're like, okay, who did I play against? Who do I know from college? You know, you try to find, you know, somebody that you know there and just try to try to fit right into a whole new group within a week. Now you're going to play your first game. It's tough. It's, it's a tough. It's a tough feeling. It's a tough, especially going from Miami to San Francisco. Can't get much further away than that. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you? And, and you know, we don't want to go there. We don't have to. But I, I. And I don't think I've asked this of other guys. But like, is that a resentment that you harbor moving forward? Is Absolutely. That... I do. You know, I. I you. I think you in the back of your mind you have to harbor it. I mean, every team that has ever happened to me before. You know, you don't know why, and sometimes they, you know, they feel like they didn't got to explain it to you. Hmm. You know what I mean? You can always, if if I'm not productive, sure, right. go ahead. But if I'm productive, why? Right. You know, if I'm a, a cancer in your locker room, I can understand why. But if I'm not any of those, then what was the problem? And then what happens is whoever comes in to replace you, if they don't do anything, mm. If they don't perform, you're like, wow, you got rid of me for that. Right. Are you watching that from across the country? Oh, of course you are. Wow. Of course, absolutely you're watching that. And you're like, really, that's, that's, that's what you did. Yeah. And then you have friends that are still here like, man, I don't know why they, you know. Absolutely. Like, like why, why did they actually do that? I'm one of those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I know you are. And, sure. you know, and, you know, Danny's like, wow, you know, you took away one of his, you know, short yeah. weapons. You know, and that's, to me, was like, you know, for me, it was gratifying because those guys knew my worth. You know what I mean? They knew what I was worth. That's really all that matters at times, right? Yeah, I know I get it. You know, the business decision or teams might do what they have to do, but knowing that your peers, how they feel about you in situations. Absolutely. That's, that's, um, you know, that's, for me, that's one of the things. It's happened a couple times in my career, and, you, you know, we've all been through adversity during our career times, and, you know, we, there's a lot of answers that, we don't know. Hmm. And I don't think we'll ever know them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's something that, um, that's tough and you have to, you have to harbor that, you know what I mean? It's, you know, you just have to, uh, keep it in and just got to roll with the punches. Well, I, I think guess. it makes you who you are too, at times too. Of you course. know what I mean? I, I think mean, it does. Yeah. I mean, I think in this game, guys, a lot of people take stuff so personal and I think you could take it personal to a certain extent, but then you know what? You know, you just you hold it in and just you know let it go. You know, you talk about it. You know, you don't know why. Right. You can't answer it. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Sometimes the answer may not satisfy that. Right? Absolutely. It's not gonna scratch that itch anyway. It's not gonna. It's yeah. not at all. But you know what you've done. You know, as long as you've proven yourself on that field and you've done what you're supposed to do, and you wasn't that that cancer in the locker room, you wasn't that headache on the team, you still did what you're supposed to do. You know what? It just wasn't a perfect match. Right. That's it. That's right. all you can say. So. As we said, went to San Francisco a few years there. There was a stint in Cleveland. And then you go back out west to Oakland. And the thing that blows my mind is I start looking at your stats, and it's somewhere along the line, you become a fucking kick returner. <laughs> like, at 30 years old. How do I, I – you know, how often does that – I went back and looked. And so, like, Mel Gray, one of the greats of all time, but he was always a kick returner. That's it, yeah. Fullback, tailback, receiving, you know, all of a sudden you're running and you weren't just a kick returner. You're scoring touchdowns at 31, <laughs> 32 years old. How, how did that transition even happen? You know, I, 
I don't know. I tell you, well, what happened before that was San Francisco. Um, when I was in San Francisco at those three years, Dexter, Dexter Carter got hurt in San Francisco. So um, they put me back there just to catch the kicks. They knew I had short hands. Right. It was like, you know what? We just but usually need to there's catch like the, the bigger guy yeah. who at least can block if my little no, guy I mean, catches it. No. But you were returning on the damn kicks. Which was crazy. And then, you know, I went through that in San Francisco a couple years, a couple, punt, couple kicks here and there. And then all of a sudden, go out to San Francisco, into Oakland. Now we got running back by committee out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got five running backs. And then something happened with our kick returner, uh, David Dunn out there. David Dunn, receiver, he started fumbling or something, and they were like, you know what? That'll do it. <laughs> he you can't go. the ball. He said, you got to go do it. I go, all right. And next thing you know, it's crazy because I think I was like second in the league in yards and kickoff return, you know, and I was, wow, 30 years old? Yeah. 30 years old, 6'2", 220-something as a The other part, which was nuts, was everyone said he's so slow. And I go – Everyone, it was one of the things about me. They always say I wasn't fast. And I'm like, wow, if I'm returning kicks and if I return 100 yards, that means everybody on that other team must be slow as shit. I'm like, here I am. I'm averaging, what, over 20, I think 27, 27 yards of return or something like that. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I must be really slow. (laughs) Or these guys are slower than me. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what it was, but that was one of the things that everyone said. And it was, I can remember... Oh, man, what return was it? Maybe when I was in San Francisco, I did one for 101 yards, and Chris Berman was on there, and he was going through, yeah, his brother plays for the Cleveland Indians. He was, like, giving my whole bio, saying how slow I was. During the whole kickoff return. <laughs> oh, yeah, his brother oh. played this. He played two sports in college. He was doing my whole, like, life story. Are we ever going to get there? It's not a damn race, right? Uh, I was like, well, shit, he could have done that for the whole other team. Yeah, that right. yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That is yeah. hilarious. My first kickoff return for a touchdown, he's my personal escort. Yeah. So, you know, he saw me get in as a rook, and so he just parlayed it eight, I'm nine sure years we, later. Well, we told that story in the first yeah, part. Yeah. You guys are both just glad. Yeah, that that was, was, man, we I'm made just the glad plane. we made the play, man. We made the play, man. We made up for it, but that, that actually was um, – was our you're in the NFL now, that boys? Sure you're part was. of this yeah. team. Yeah, sure you know, was. That, that, that was like I was our coming out party, and was couldn't ask for anything better. And that was after that we got the respect we needed. You know what I mean? And we just took it and ran with it from there. Well, but yeah, but who knew that you were going to be actually taking the kickoffs and running with them? Yeah, we, well, <laughs> we were a touchdown at 31 <laughs> and at 32 years old. Yeah, yeah. it's craziness. So, yeah, I was well retired by then, of course. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, TK, I'm gonna take a leap here, big leap here, TK. Um. You retired following the 2002 season, and then you build a you know hell of a career as a personal trainer, gym owner, operator. You still do a ton of things in the community, respected guy in the fitness space as well. But when the hell did you become so interested in cornhole, <laughs> man? I mean, come on. I mean, I got a couple boards myself. We throw it around a little bit, you know, in the backyard and stuff. But, I mean, you're the damn 2022 Super Hole 3 champion. Super Hole 3. I believe you're on the national team or some shit. What, where'd this come from, <laughs> man? Um, I don't know. It's, you know, like you said, we did it at tailgates and stuff. And I remember being at your house a couple times playing Lighting them up. Lighting, Lighting them up. up. I was like, wait a minute. He's did, like, he, oh. did, he, did he finally let us know that he was... Ranked in the state. That was. <laughs> he was like, that was oh, easy, yeah, he's lighting us up. He was lighting us up. And then he said, oh, he yeah, I'm ranked in the state. Like, well, what? that was actually, you know, it's funny because that was the first year I had ever, um, I played in one regional that year. And actually, I did well. And I'd never, 
played it in a tournament ever before. And then I stopped playing. I would just play here and there. And then um, over the last, since this year, actually January, this past year, I decided I wanted to pick it up competitive. So I um, I started truly playing, man. I started playing a couple regionals this year. I've won uh, one regional partners. And then I've, when I got invited to uh, ACL, which is a unbelievable league, man. This place is um, amazing. You know, they're doing great things with this. They're trying to build, you know, build a great brand. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to start playing, man. I probably now, right now, I'm throwing bags. I try to get at least an hour in every day, if not two, three hours. I'm sitting there just throwing so bags, hammer bag. For, Absolutely. for cornhole. I'm actually I, putting in time. competitive. He's got bags in his gym. I know he does yeah. it right there. Like, I don't know anything about cornhole, but I, I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking, like, competitive cornhole, what does that mean? That you actually have to put the beer down and then focus oh, on it? Like, no, man. Some guys can only play with beer. you're doing a couple hours a day. Some oh, guys yeah. can only Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Most of these guys, they're playing. They're drinking all day, though. They're drinking all day while they're playing at these tournaments. So you're throwing bags two hours a day. Oh, yeah, at least. I'm trying to, for sure. I have a set set up in my house in my living room. So if yeah, I'm sitting there, like, wait a minute. Here, man. What, how, how far ceilings. away do you think? Well, it's, you know, it's 27 feet. Damn. So it's actually set up in the hallway, like through the hallway and then to the other end. So I'm trying to, oh, yeah. If I'm sitting there doing nothing instead of watching 30, TV. I don't have a 30-foot track. I'm just throwing it, baby. Just yeah, throwing it. That's craziness. So what it's, has that been like coming from being a professional football player and then now being in that arena? Man, let me tell you something. It is probably the hardest thing you ever do. You think golf is hard? This is hard. This what, is this what is, makes it so hard. Well, that's one thing about ACL. That's the whole thing. Anyone can play. Mm-hmm. Anyone can play this game. I mean, there's actually kids that are seven, six, seven years old that actually, if it wasn't the age limit for the pros, like you got to be 18 and over to become a pro. There's young kids, 10, 12, whatever, that could turn pro right now. But they, um, it's a lot to it, In man. Cornhole. It ain't as easy as everyone thinks. You know, you got these guys out there that are they don't miss. I mean. Right. They don't miss at all. And now with the young guys coming up, you got guys like Matt Guy. Matt Guy is probably, we call him the uh, Tom Brady of Cornell. He's been around probably 15 years. This guy is, he's the real deal. He, he is, he, he doesn't miss. And now you got these young guys that are coming up to actually take over his so reign. So where do you fall in? Oh, this? I'm not pro yet, man. I have at least, this season just ended, is ending right now. Actually, this weekend I'm going out to uh, Spencer McKenzie's. He has this. The world's largest cornhole event is out in Ventura, California this weekend. So he's going to fly you in? You're a big yeah, cornhole player flying now. in on Thursday and then play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Unbelievable. Man, you're talking, yeah. you're talking big time. You know, these guys, uh, it's unbelievable. It's, right now, the guys are trying to make this actually an Olympic sport, man. They just, they're actually playing this weekend in Europe. You know, they're getting the world round, so they opened up a whole nother rim of the ACL to hopefully in – 2028, it'll be. Is it a summer game or what? So it'll be a summer game. Summer game. Right. Olympics. Dude, I was, I was, we're talking before we got on, and I was saying how, how the pandemic helped cornhole a lot. I mean, that's all I was on TV, and I think I watched more of that than most sports, and now it became super popular with a lot of people because of that, no? Yeah, that's, that's when it became really big. You know, before you would see it here and there on ESPN2, if it's nothing else. But when the pandemic, it was pretty much the only sport that you could actually play. Mm-hmm. You know, you could play, you could almost, besides golf, you know, besides that, there was really no other sport where you could actually be competitive besides cornhole that was being on TV. So it worked out great for ACL because it made it grow. Right. You know, the what, a, number one growing sport there is? 
So what is it the number one growing sport that in pickleball? Yeah, sure. DJ Priest is a big pickleball. Yeah, I yeah. about it all the time. Those are the two sports right now. Do you play pickleball also? No, I don't. I have played it, but see, the one thing I about I feel like anything man. TK does, he's, he's going to be good at. I'm going to, I'm going to Super try. athlete. <laughs> but that's one. That's what makes this game so competitive, man. Because you know, it's like golf. You know, you can go out there and play. You don't have to have big, strong, fast, athletic, whatever. You know, it does not matter. With this game, it's all about. Being in the middle, being in the middle, being in the middle, being in the middle. And now, you know, these young kids are rolling the bags over now. I mean, there's so many, so many little tricks to your throw and all that that you got to do. And listen, hands off to the ACL, man. This is a very humbling thing. Well, we talked a little bit about your University of uh, Virginia ties um, and a lot about it in the last episode. <laughs> but there's another Kirby now. Your son has committed to UVA. Is that right? Yes, sir. Is that commitment still? That commitment's there. My man, Takai. Yeah, man. So, and Takai's a, is he a tight end? Yeah, tight end. So, what what is that like, man? Like, the, the it's one thing to have that number retired. <laughs> it's another thing to be, you know, it's, it's now a legacy. Yeah, it's great. You know what? One thing that people have to realize is it's a legacy, but he earned it himself. Mm. You know, and that's one thing I told him. I said, you know, if they're going to offer you, they're going to offer you on your ability. It has nothing to do with me. And a lot of people, uh, they're like, yeah, whatever. And that's why when I went up there and he did the football camp and actually he he showed completely out. And, you know, and for me, that was a gratifying thing because, you know, last two years he was behind Jason's son, you know. He wasn't getting any burn because of that. Another you know pretty I mean? good so, tight end. No, another great <laughs> tight end. You know what I mean? So I just told the guy, just wait your time, wait your time. You know, yeah. just just learn, just mimic everything that you know um, Mason was doing, and that's what he did. And now when he went up there for this camp this this past summer, you know they were like, okay, you know what? We don't we don't have a choice but to offer him. You know what I mean? Because he he did it himself. And that's one thing I'm I'm very proud of him. I was gonna uh, say, how proud is Pops? Great, because he didn't have any offers, you know, which is crazy. And everybody's like, why didn't he have any offers? You know, every camp we went to, they were like, how does this kid not have any offers? And I go, listen, he doesn't have any film. He's just in the shadows. Right. He was in the shadows. Yeah. He doesn't have any film. I go, that's the reason why. And they were like, wow, we can't believe this. And all these parents were coming up to me, and I go, I'm not gonna worry about it. But in his mind, he was worried about it. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing about. You know, having a son that, you know, wants to play this game on next level and he's not getting, you know, the recognition that he that he deserves and he's not getting it. And he sees all his other players getting all these offers and at a school like St. Thomas, it's, it's got to yeah, be. Right? So it's, it's sometimes it's tough. And then when that offer came up, we had went to Virginia Tech, we had went to North Carolina. And and when they called me right before, right after I left the camp, they're like, listen, we're going to offer your son. And I told I didn't say anything to this guy and they called him. And, you know, he was ecstatic. He goes, Dad, he goes, I'm done. He goes, I don't have to go to any That's other awesome. school. He goes, I, I, could, I could care less now. Did he have the – I mean, obviously he wanted an offer, but did he – how much has he been exposed to Virginia because of your unique connection to the school? Um, he's been up, you know, a lot of times with me yeah. and stuff. But remember, Takai was very skinny, man. You know, I didn't know what he was going to be right. able to do because he was – he was very tall, and then just like Mason, it was the yeah. exact same body type, you know, and they kind of grew into his body, and now, you know, he's 6'4", you know, 218, 220, which, you know, right now is like perfect size. And being a tight end right now and being an athletic tight end, yeah. let me tell you something. 
there's nothing better you can be right now in the NFL. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and tell your son to stop bullying me, man. At 6'4", 218. That's your fault. That's because you bullied him. <laughs> I do. I messed with him when he was little. Oh, I got it when he was little. Worst. You know how yeah. they grow up sometimes, oh, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a blessing, man, to see your son, you know, and your children just start thriving and, you know, get it on their own. That's yeah. awesome. It is great. That's good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to seeing I'm looking forward to actually seeing him this year in high school, but then also, of course, when he gets up to the UVA. TK, since the last time, you know, we had you in the tank four years ago, we started something a little different. Yeah, we didn't just get the fancy little. Oh, yeah, okay. we got all, a couple little things we do different. We've got a thing called uh, the two-minute drill now. Uh-oh. What we're going to do is we're going to fire off. I love a two-minute drill. Uh, yeah, we know you do. That's, that's, your, that's your sign oh, time right man, there. That's, that's your sign time Couple right this, there. couple yeah, this, couple this. Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> so uh, we're going to rattle off a few questions for you, you know, in a two-minute time period. Then, have the clock. And then, uh, you know, answer how you want. Uh, you have zero timeouts. Zero Two minutes on the clock. I got to answer every question. Inside two minute warning. How you gonna pass? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm you gonna tell me the water? Can I say you throw it away? Throw it away? Nobody's asked to pass. Gotta get out of bounds. Stop the clock. Well, stop the clock. We'll see. If you can get out of bounds, we'll see how it goes. Some grounding. Oh, can I pass? All right. You want to start off, Big Seth? Yeah. Okay, I'll start. Where you want me to start off? You tell me. It's up to you. I'll start off. Let's go. There it is. All right, TK. Ready? Yep. And go. Your number 42 jersey is retired at the University of Virginia. If Takai said he'd only play if he could wear that number, would you unretire it? I would. Of course really? you Absolutely. would. Absolutely. Have he asked? Uh, no, he has not asked. Okay. All right. What uh, number does he wear now? He's ran 88. Okay. All right. So you might yeah. be safe. I'm you good. might be safe. I'm good. Okay. We talked about him earlier. Mark Dixon, you did not put him on your fish tank top five, which might be one of the reasons he said what he said. You did not put him on your fish tank top five. And then, of course, he slammed your game. If you were choosing a team today, picking guys in their prime, does Dixon have a shot to make it this time? Oh, he has a shot. Okay. See, I totally forgot about him last time. Because he was only – I only played with him one year over there, really. Right. So, I didn't yeah. have a chance to play with him. Yeah. But, yeah, Mark's on there. Okay. Yeah, he's on there. All right, more exciting for you here. Return a kickoff for a touchdown – or win a cornhole match. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just got to think Ooh. about it. Cornhole match against who, though? It depends on my profession. Ah, that's a good question. Good question. So, I mean, that's a tie. I mean, re returning a kick, unbelievable. I go returning kick. Yeah, because you don't see that yeah, much I don't see anymore. that often. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. happen. I, I hardly see it at all anymore. Does Does anybody return anything? Like, return them. Forget returning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. what are you really going to average that? What's the average of – I wonder what the average on the kickoff return is right now. That's not good. It's not a lot. Because remember, yeah. our whole thing is a kickoff return. Yeah. You had to get a first down. Right. So you had to get to the 30. The 20-yard line was – you had to get, Letting you come out to the 25. Absolutely. Now. Letting you come oh. out to the 25, then it would right. be – The clock is clock running, running gentlemen. It's a damn two-minute oh, oh, yeah. drill. Okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is the better Miami Dolphins back, Terry Kirby as number 43 or Terry Kirby as number 42? Ooh. 43. Okay. That was 75 receptions. Yeah. All right, we got one more. Better client to train, Dan Marino or Jason Taylor? <laughs> Dan Marino. Why? <laughs> because he didn't talk. Jason would talk back the whole time and say, I ain't doing that shit. Let me see you do it. There it is. That's a two-minute drill. That's how you finish a two-minute drill. Terry oh, Kirby, I'd expect nothing less. He's going to put that thing in the end zone. Man, we waited four years, but it was worth the wait. It was great to have you back here. We just had to get it right. We felt like this wasn't worthy. You know, we had to, right, we had to take right. an upgrade. I appreciate it. We finally it, got it. You here. know what? I'm actually I'm excited for you guys, man. I'm very happy. Uh, 
where you guys have went, man. This yeah. is this is amazing. Well, I remember the starting journey, man. <laughs> yeah. Starting a journey that you didn't know. Right. Doing the hey, doing the what the little picture in your pool. That's right. You know what I mean. <laughs> the photo shoot. The, the photo pool. shoot. He couldn't pool. get his ass under the water. <laughs> Just kept floating to the top. Let the air out. <laughs> I can remember. So man, this is this is a blessing for you guys. I'm happy for you guys, man. Appreciate you for sure. Absolutely. DK, we appreciate you diving back in. Man. Absolutely, I love diving in. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, golf fans, number one, of course, y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank. Okay, this one for them diehards. Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard. Old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in. Fish tank. Aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.